Welcome to the Niyamat podcast. In this episode, we discuss teenage psychology with Sugandha Devan, a counseling psychologist based in New Delhi, who collectively blew our minds with her perspectives on everything from trying to form an independent identity during the adolescent phase of our lives to adopting an empathetic response when teenagers reach out to us for help. If you're parenting a teenager, This is going to give some incredible pointers on improving communication and building a stronger relationship with your child. And if not, there's still a lot of fun and insightful conversation coming your way. Hey Sugandha, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Would you like to tell us a little more about yourself? I'm a private practitioner now as a profession. Uh, I'm a counseling psychologist. I have been working over two and a half, three years now. Um, bachelor's in Delhi University and master's in Christ. I think a typical uh, psychology student would know that pretty well. Um, and I think I've been working with children extensively over uh, my bachelor's and till my master's. Uh, I have a small certification for neurolinguistic programming as well as uh, clinical hypnotherapy, but I'm not going to use that here, so don't worry about that. Uh, that will be <laughs> that will be taken into account. Starting off with why we're having this session on teenage psychology in the first place, you know, what is it that makes teenagers so fundamentally different from children and adults, and how can psychology help to better understand them? if we go back into our teenage we you would also see that we were always called uh, the the middlemen uh, the people who we are transitioning from childhood and there's a middle stage from childhood between the adulthood so you never know if you want to act like a child you want to act like an adult we have no idea about that and that's the whole transition period it's a, it's a period of transition and it's subject to a lot of changes a lot of social cognitive physical sexual law emotional uh, and the physiological changes affecting the emotional changes it's basically how you see that there is a transition you become you try to become an adult uh, on on certain days so that is where it mostly comes from and one of the peculiar things if you notice of uh, puberty and if you notice of teenage you might recall your own teenage that was the time that you were forming your identity you were becoming uh, your own self you were getting aware of what you like what you don't like irrespective of your family your friends uh, what are your interests into are you interested in sports are you interested in art uh, your vulnerabilities come up that time your insecurities come up that time so you become you try to become an independent identity and an independent entity during that adolescent period and that's the whole the the onset of your own identity and hence independence become becomes and freedom becomes a huge factor in in that duration so it starts it's an onset so i think that's how you can bifurcate when you see uh, how a teenager would be 
in comparison to how an how a child or how an uh, how an adult would transform it. That actually makes a lot of sense, and I'm glad that we're discussing this aspect, the freedom and the onset of you know forming your identity. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of there's a lot of other things which are very common to this period of time for children. It's very common for them to be rebellious or for them to be irritable or frustrated uh, with uh, with everything that they have going on or the hormones and all the changes in their body. Mm-hmm. So. Sometimes it's it's difficult to distinguish whether someone is generally irritable or frustrated, um, or if they're having a, a problem on a deeper level. So how can we distinguish among uh, distinguish serious uh, mental illness or mental health issues from just day-to-day irritability and rebellion and frustration in teenagers? Right, right. And I think that that's how how I mentioned it's it's an interesting question and also a very important one. Um, that how would irritability or frustration that they are developing with the changing in hormones and their emotions, how is it different from mental illness? I think one thing that I would like to address as a mental health practitioner and a psychologist here is let's understand first the difference between mental health and mental illness. Okay. Now, when you say we all can have mental health concerns, we all can be stressed. And all our all our mental health concerns, uh, our mental health is a state of mind. It could be positive or negative. Okay. Now, when I talk about mental illness, it's it's something that is disrupting our everyday activity, how we behave, how we how we how we respond, how we react. Now, somebody who's suffering from a mental illness, also I would want to bring into this perception here that let's change our narrative towards mental illness too. A person is not mentally ill. They're suffering from a mental illness. When you say that the person is depressed, let's change the narrative into they're suffering from depression. It's a challenge for them. So when you see it as a challenge, when you see that it's a part of them, it's not them. They will not describe themselves, hey, I'm an anxious person. If you tell me, when you tell me to describe myself, if I tell you, I'm a depressed person as a whole, or I'm an anxious person, that is something that is already defined, but it doesn't define me, that's one. Okay, so I'm suffering from a mental illness. I'm suffering from something that is disrupting my daily functioning. And a daily function. Mental health can improve over a certain period of time as well. Today, you're very happy, you've got a good grade, you're extremely excited, you want to play with your friends, and the next moment you witness a fight at home, and boom, you go. So mental health is a state of mind still. Mental illness is a consistent and a persistent uh, reaction, change of reactions, emotions, behavior, which is disrupting your daily functioning. That's the difference between mental health and mental illness to begin with. Now, when you talk about the distinguishing, now, when I talk about specifically teenagers, you will see, you might see in this duration that there is change in grades. Uh, There is, there can be social withdrawal. There can be, uh, you know, there, there can be times that they don't indulge in their hobbies. Now, this these factors could be, uh, you know, there for a few days. 
then that's not a not a concern and if it's if it's off and on it's okay it's okay but when it is combined with more symptoms now let's look at symptoms change in sleep change in appetite uh change in the way they behave the way they are responding uh their social withdrawal are they a lot uh, their energy level their concentration uh their their motivation their uh, their how are the thoughts their thoughts looking like so when you notice these kind of changes you have to be very observant at this phase when you notice these changes these need to be persistent almost every day for about 2 to 1/2 weeks or to 3 weeks that's when you would want to uh go to a professional where actually not exactly directly go to a professional uh we'll we'll talk about that how to navigate that part as well but when these things are clubbed you you can see it on a daily basis as well you know you can see irritability and all of that some days is this some days is that but that's okay i mean that's the changes that they're having over a period of time but when it's the same thing over two and a half three weeks that's when it's a warning sign of a matter of concern pick up the phone and let's see how uh what's exactly happening it's really insightful thanks um so just going off of what you've mentioned before and sort of wanting to delve deeper into that could you perhaps also talk a little more about um specific factors or external factors that sort of contribute to um mental health issues in teenagers and um just to add another dimension to this um what for instance is the difference between well times now and and times before because parents all mm. often draw upon you know their experience last teenagers and say okay grades uh you know uh friends not talking to you things like that we've been through that right it's not yeah. new and hence sort of draw from that experience in in when dealing with their children so mm. yeah love to hear your thoughts on that right so um i think the the comparison that we end up making comes very naturally to parents uh, and even if you would end up interacting with when i also interact with teenagers um and i hear their opinion about something it's it's my prompt ye hota hai it's fine you know you will get through this you will get through that but let's acknowledge that it's important for their age when we were at their age uh these things were important to us these things were significant to us and uh we used to dwell on it hence and if anybody would come and say no you know this is this is you know this is so random it's fine it's okay uh get over it it's not a door that you will walk walk through that at one point you were something else and the other point you were something else it's significant it's important so we will hold that we will acknowledge the feeling of the teenager to start now when you say external factors i would like to also address that there are uh, along with external factors there are biological factors too um it could be genetics genetics in the sense if uh, any of the caregiver parent um has been suffering through a mental illness uh, has been struggling through it that is also one of the uh, ways that a child can be susceptible to 
mental health concerns a higher mental health concern or maybe early onset of it or mental illness too um for example if you see alzheimers alzheimers is a uh, is mostly a hereditary or a genetic disease uh, and a mental health concern okay. now brain injury an accident a prenatal damage uh, or a substance abuse these are more biological factors in nature physiological factors too when i come to external factors um if if i would know from you guys what do you think were external factors if something affected you and then i would probably take it on from there i know the most popular external factor so uh, this group was actually started by engineers from manipal so our one common factor was uh, engineering ki taiyari <laughs> it was it was engineering ki taiyari which became a it wasn't just uh, it wasn't just a part of our lives it became yeah. our life that was all there was to it <laughs> for a long time there was that and there was there was a lot of peer pressure that what's in these days what are the kids yeah. doing everyone's going to the mall but i'm not allowed uh, these yeah. felt like important issues and yeah. then there was and then there was definitely competition you know where you stand awesome. among your peers um so on the opposite spectrum of what um, redakshi and ananya said um sort of uh, putting um, peer pressure to one side but what about the idea of, and i'm not actually sure this is opposite might actually just be hanana the idea of loneliness and perhaps being in a group of friends um yeah. they might share the same interests as you but just not sort of being able to engage with them um and a lot of times for instance and i'm speaking of personal experience as well you are not able to identify what's wrong everything seems fine your grades are fine your friends are fine you're having fun yeah. but you find yeah. yourself crying yourself to bed every night mm-hmm. so you know how important i mean i know i'm going off on a tangent and please mm-hmm. tell me if i am mm-hmm. but uh, how important is it even to identify yeah. why you are upset as opposed yes. to you know um in in the process of dealing with it yeah also on this point there is a huge tendency Uh, during teenage, you know, to a self-evaluation, like you know, where I am, yes. where I'm going, yes. am I going the right way? Have I done something worthwhile? You mm. know, how do you tell someone not to do that? That's such right. a tricky thing. Right. Thank you for bringing that up. I would like to address that. Uh, if any other parent would like to put it in the chat box, please feel free to do so. And if you would like to unmute yourself and tell me, we were discussing what were the factors in your teenage that would impact you and that would affect you um that that brings me to a topic uh, can i call you tarun would that be okay me yeah 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 all right so what tarun brought up was a very interesting thing that the child would look at themselves and that's a that's a concept in teenage when you mention psychology and all of that it's called uh, imaginary audience and that's a very important aspect when you look at uh the teenager feels and it's it's also called egocentrism now when you say egocentrism it means that everybody is watching them everybody is evaluating them everybody is saying what they are saying what they are doing so they are the center they are the hero of their own story unfortunately we forget that when we grow up that we are the hero of our own stories we are making it uh because a lot of things takes take over but during that time it's egocentrism that has taken over and we are 
right in the middle of the play and everybody's watching us. So no matter what you do, what you say, you are being evaluated. And that's where your self-esteem and self-worth also gets formed. Hence, that's the point when your personal belief systems get formed. And when we tell parents, well, uh, when we encourage them that, you know, um, say things which are encouraging to the child so that they don't doubt their capabilities. They don't doubt the fact that they can do something. They are capable of it. Their capacity is not doubted. So do that because that's the time they are uh, internalizing your messages. They're internalizing it and you will not see the impact tomorrow. You will not see the impact of those internal messages in a few years also. You will see the impact of those internal messages when they grow up, when they're 20, when they're 25. That's when you will see the impact of their internalized messages and you recall, recall in your own teenage. And today, if you go back, you will see that there's a narrative that you hold on to. And that might be coming from a significant person in your it could be a caretaker, it could be a parent, it could be anybody who's significant in your life. So that's the narrative we have taken over. Even today, I think, uh, who mentioned it? Uh, yeah, some, I, uh, Anani, I think you mentioned that it's not cool enough. I remember a client coming to me and telling me that I always thought that I was not cool enough since school, since ninth grade. And I'm like, okay, uh, tell me what's cool enough. Give me an indicator of cool enough. I would love to know that. Everybody can have their own indicators. Ask your teenagers what are the indicators that you're not enough right now or you're feeling you're not enough. What is telling you that you're not enough? Dig deeper. Like like Shreya said, dig deeper, know why is, why is something happening of what is happening. What is the cause that we're coming from? What is the root? Where is it even coming from? What are you observing? Are you observing that they're closing down? They're shutting down. Ask, hey, I, I maybe over over a week I'm noticing that you're not in your own true self. You're just shutting down. You're in your room. Would you want to share what's going on? I'm I'm here if you want to talk. I know it can also sound very westernized and it can sound very idealistic. But try. See if something comes up. Just be prepared for a breakdown as well. Be prepared for an attack, but that's okay. They're teenagers, they will, um, now they will push your limits. They will push the limits of the system because they want to know themselves. They want to know where can you reach? What is the ground? What what is what is it that they can hit? And hence we say that they can be developed. But why are they getting developed? What's the need? What is it that is something that they're not getting? Why are they getting rebellious? So coming back to the external factors, uh, which we were mentioning and we all have shared it. Okay. I noted something down and I thought it is endless. So I thought I'll just ask you guys as well. Um, like Taran also mentioned abuse, trauma, any kind of an early loss or loss at any point actually is traumatic. Uh, and imagine for a teenager, it could be disastrous for them. Okay. Um, you say also one of the major factors, the environment at home, it impacts the child way too much. It is if 
let's admit we're not perfect families. We're not. But we want to make it a perfect family. It's not perfect family. We want to make it a functional one. We want to make it healthier day by day. It may not, it, it will oscillate. You will have bad days as a family. You will have bad days as a parent. But that's okay. You are also a human being. You are, you are, you've, you're learning parenting. Maybe you are a parent for the first time. And with most teenagers, of course, you will be a parent for the first time. You're a single parent or uh, you, you have your partner. Doesn't matter. You're still new to this. It's a phase that you have also entered. If it's a phase for them that will go, it's also a phase for you. You've entered this phase without knowing a lot of information. Not everybody is, is into psychology. Not everybody has read about psychology. Not everybody has read about teenagers. So that's okay. Allow yourself to make mistakes. And one of the best parts of making mistakes is admit it in front of your teenagers. Admit it. And it's okay. Model it. One of the major factors, and when you say psychology, that's the theories that we put into. Admit your mistakes in front of your teenagers. I'm sorry. I thought that this method would work, but it did not. I understand. We can use yours. Let's try that. Admit that I could go wrong. I am not. You're a human being. Admit the fact that I can make mistakes and I'm allowed to do that. So are you. And when you are making mistakes, feel free to come back to me as well. Like I came back to you. I will. I would love to do that. And that also opens the space for them to come to you irrespective of what is happening. Not out of fear, but out of sharing it with you. Because your reaction could be very different. But they're not fearing your reaction. They know that they can make mistakes. They're allowed to do that. God forbid, I still hate the fact that I did not fail in any of the any of the exams in my school. I hate to know that. And I don't have a story to tell my children. I wish I failed in any of them. And that's a very sad story for me. That I did not fail an exam. Honestly, it is. I mean, I can't share it with my, with my children. I don't have any. But I still want them. So, moving on. Um, that... Any, any kind of unsafe living conditions that you see around chronic illness, any acts of violence that they are into. Okay. Um, also, if they have witnessed any acts of violence, when they feel neglected at any point, friends, family, relationships, anything. Okay. And hence a trivial age to be under. Now, uh, one of the important factors that we mentioned, which is cultural and societal factors. I'm not good enough. I have to fit in. Uh, body image. So many things. Cultural expectations, societal expectations. All the expectations that uh, they feel bogged down with, that they have to be a certain way. And one thing I would like to probably broadcast it to the parents, uh, whoever can listen to me, um, one of the important factors to tell your child in any language that they can understand uh, is telling them that you will be loved without conditions. You don't have to be a certain way. You don't have to get an A plus so that we can love you. 
or you don't have to be tall, thin, so that we can love you. No, you don't have to be a certain way. We love you irrespective. We care for you irrespective of who you are and what you are. You are building yourself. And one of the very interesting posts that I read on Instagram, uh, it's of one of the therapists. Uh, um, I have attended workshops from... Um, she wrote in that post saying, and that was very interesting, that parent the child that you have. Don't parent the child that you wish them to become. Don't parent the child uh, that you that that you were aiming for. Or they were. They were a child. They're a teenager now. They will become an adult. So parent the child that you have right now. Don't parent somebody who's who you aspire that this child can become. So these are probably the factors which will also make them feel inadequate. It will make them feel that they're not good enough. This thing will happen. It's bound to happen. It can happen with anybody, everybody. I'm not saying that everybody will go through it, but most of them do. Most of them do. And that's where I'm generalizing, that they will go through these experiences, which is okay. Let them go through this as well. It's their teenage. Let them enjoy this vulnerability as well. Yes. In this, like on the flip side of these factors, these external factors, like, you know, mm-hmm. trying to becoming better and, you know, competing with someone else. These are sort of like, you know, motivation driving factors. You know, These are things that, you know, which actually drive a teenager to become better. But on the other hand, they're all, they can prove lethal as well. How do we draw the line in between? Right. Now, when you say uh, comparisons, when you talk about uh, that this can be a motivating factor, it sure can be a motivating factor. What, what comes in here is focusing on their strengths. Because let's acknowledge that in comparison, their surrounding, their upbringing, their strengths will be different. Their interest and their motivation will be different. Their purpose will be different. Maybe this child just wants to get through this exam. They just want to pass. And I'm not saying that forget about academics. I'm saying support them in it. See what is their strength. Is is, uh, studying for one hour and going half an hour on a break, would that help your child? What would help your child? It's a great way. Comparison, but with who? With themselves as a competitor? Is it comparison? Is it competition? Do you want to succeed this person? Or do you want to do better from what you were doing last? If you got a D, do you want to get a C, C now? But from a D, they won't go to A. They will come to C. Push them for a C. Ask them, can you, what can you do to come to a C? Let's, let's aim for a C now. Work with them. Not telling them, do it. And ask their input. Because you can say, we all have TED Talks ready. All of us. On motivation, though, we have it. Especially academics, we do. Okay, strategy. Concreteness. Abstract thinking is but concreteness is 
and that's when i say that don't leave your teenager they will be a rebel but don't leave them they need your guidance they still do they have not figured it out all and rather even you haven't as a parent you haven't even as a child they haven't so let them figure it out with you that you are at a 10 you you are at a one of motivation of not being able to move ahead what will help you to bring you to 3 how can i be of help so yes we want to move ahead and when you say comparison what is the thing that you like in this person do you, do you think what what could they have done that they have reached this place how do you think this will help you do you want to do you want to acquire anything that they have what do you want to do differently can something help you are you learning some have you learned something from your peers is there anybody in your friend circle uh, that you would want to learn from children will learn from each other and ultimately that's what they do they can model each other as well a lot of my habits are from my friends not from my parents first thing first since we know that there's a taboo for mental health mental illness let's acknowledge that it exists no matter how much you would want to uh disassociate with it because that might feel safe right now but it exists it really persists let's acknowledge that and once we acknowledge that we will be in a state to address it with our teenager we will be able to we don't have to directly take them to a psychiatrist or a psychologist telling them let's go although that is available that is easily available okay let's start at home let's start at home and i'm saying it as a mental health practitioner because the first thing that i ask a teenager if if they come to a session is why are you sure and what were you told when you came here were you given the actual reason of your coming of you coming here it is very important why because you are barging in, in in their privacy you are barging in their decisions they may not be capable of making all the decisions but let's inform them so first let's start talking to our teenagers about the uncomfortable feeling that they are having this might be challenging for you but try to take it on see what comes out of your teenager and what would they want to do and noticing important factors tell your observations do not say and i'm i'm pushing that that statement i would not say so when i tell you um okay quick activity for anybody who's on the video and without the video close your eyes take a deep breath and when you take a deep breath be very conscious of your breathing as you're conscious of your breathing pattern just notice where you are be very mindful and as you do that do not see anything in black not even a single thing in black nothing should be visible in black black shouldn't even come around you and as you do that take a deep breath and come back to the present and you can open your eyes whenever you feel comfortable what did you see i shouldn't you shouldn't yeah i when i said you shouldn't see black did any of you see black when i said see black do not see yes. yes yeah yeah 
think that's the first thought that comes into your mind when you say the time. Now I said, do not say black. I did not say see black. Oh. Now the same way, I have told you not to do something, but did I give you a second color? Did I tell you, see red, see yellow, see blue? In short, you're telling your teenager not to do something, but are you replacing it with something? They've not heard it. Their mind have registered uh, iPhone X is dangerous to health. iPhone X is registered. But they have not registered that there is an option. Alternative kya hai? Nahi karna hai. Jana hai tuition. Nahi late hona hai. Alternatives kya hai? Help kya hai? Support kya hai? How can we help you? Do you want me to wake you up? Do you want me to remind you? What are the alternatives? Choose. We all could see black. I told you not to. And now I can now I can also scold you. I told you not to see black. Why did you see it? Are, but did you tell me what to do then? You just told me to close my eyes and not to see black. Then what do I do? I don't know. If we as adults are still doing it, imagine what adolescents will do. You've not replaced their behavior. You've not told them what they can do instead. And that's where your guidance is required. To guide them that this, these are the alternatives. What can you do? In the same way, when a child, when an adolescent is struggling with mental illness, um, I'm noticing that you are into your room for quite a lot of days. Is everything okay? Would you want to share something? And if not, uh, if anything is going on, please let me know how I can be your support. You've established the fact that you are there. You've given them the option that they can come to you. You've also told them that they can decide what kind of support that they need. Anything is there in their hand. Now, if you see that it, it is persisting, it is not going ahead, I'm a little concerned. I'm noticing that we tried, but we're not, you are not feeling comfortable to open up with us. Is there any other adult that you would confide in? Anybody else? It could be a, it could be a teacher, a neighbor that you also trust, of course, a relative, a friend's parent, a teacher, a guide, um, a, a counselor. Anybody, do you think you can confide in anybody? Not your friends, because they're of the same age. Anybody that you would want to talk to. Now, don't be surprised that they will have a clear-cut reaction. No. The first reaction, they will be irritated. They might react. Because they might see that question as a blame or a criticism. What's important for you is to hold it. Hold the stance that, and also if they act irritated, our first reaction is to give them a, a food for thought about disrespect and about respecting adults. But that again will turn into a lecture and that will also negate what they're feeling. Hold it, yes, okay. Okay, okay, yeah. You're getting angry. I, I see that. I'm, I'm here, but I'm, I'm concerned. And I'm sitting here with concern. So tell that I'm noticing that you have stopped talking to your friends. You stopped going out. 
you stopped calling your friend that you used to call every day you used to go for uh, random walks you're not going there you're more tired than before what's going on what's happening and again like shreya said that if if they would ask me or if i would know why is it why is something happening that is happening it's so important and the moment you know that uh that's you know the next step now if it if it comes to a point where you would want to know okay this is this is getting this is something that i can't maybe handle reach out to a therapist reach out to a counselor reach out to a child psychologist or to a therapist as a whole they might guide you for another therapist it's available it's online uh, there are face to face availabilities it's better to address it now than for it to become a little more severe towards the end or towards at a later stage where maybe even you may not have the bandwidth to support your child and amidst all this one thing is very adamant prominent which we encourage as mental health professionals take care of your own self support yourself go out with your friends spend time with your partner without your children without other family members spend quality time go out travel if you want to if you wish to talk to other other parents who are who have the children of the same age it's okay you can vent out you can vent out about your child as well you were not prepared for this nobody had given you a manual for this just like we never had a manual of growing up you also never had a manual of parenting it's okay make mistakes go for it it's fine it's absolutely okay you will not become a bad parent as long as you are improving from your last mistake you were you are not a bad parent no parenting a child and that is very tough that is very tough research has approved it so i'm going to be with you i thought that i would it would be smaller one but it again went ahead yes go ahead <laughs> Thank you so much for that, Sanjay. It, it gives everyone a lot to think about and a lot of directives to follow uh, because these situations uh, can get really tricky. Um, yeah. And we're, we're actually coming. We're actually drawing to the end of the session. In the meantime, Sanjay, actually, um, we, I wanted to ask you about about something we received a lot of questions about when we when we uh, opened the forms. And uh, so yeah, so cyber addiction is uh, is. quite a topic of conversation among parents these days uh, parents uh, who have children of all ages are are trying to find a way to deal with this problem where they they find their kids on the phone yeah. too often um and we have we've received yeah. a lot of queries about it uh, i'm sure if you if you were to go into my home my mother would complain about the same thing now even though i'm no longer a teenager so what has your experience been with this what kind of queries do you get and what is a simplistic way to um to integrate this into your parent teenager relationship such that it's still healthy and you're still able to support your teenager through their uh, problems mm-hmm. be it social media or uh, or mm-hmm. any any peer pressure that they're experiencing through the internet while still regulating their activity because i guess everyone wants to have Uh, wants to be able to set boundaries right for their children so sure. so, yeah. so how do you think they should go about that ah oh, cyber addiction i think that's a would you term it as a cyber addiction uh, understanding when is the addiction 
what's the onset of it also do we understand addiction as a whole maybe not maybe as parents is easy for us or as as us i mean it's easy for us to say uh, you're addicted but what are the signs that are telling you that they're addicted are you categorizing it already addiction will also come from a fact that they are uh, constantly on the phone or on on social media let's acknowledge that covid has brought the change of the digital world also the digital divide um, so most of our children will be on social media will be on uh, internet because their work is there their studies are there um, but yes i acknowledge the fact that the over usage of it or let's say if social media is harming them in any way i would still refrain myself from calling it an addiction as of now uh, i would call it an addiction only when it is diagnosed to me i would not say it before that uh, i wouldn't dare to do that in front of my teenager as well i would try not to um social media is a tricky place these days uh, there are people who are earning from social media the people who are putting that content over there they're putting their talent and they're getting famous overnight okay uh, let's have a chat with our children is it benefiting them in any way now when i say have a chat with them and if if it's benefiting them we also need to acknowledge that we need to be open for the answer if we are closed and if we know that we know it's not okay we know it's not good but now that's the closing point you have that's the that's the shutting down point you have that you want to hear the answer that you want to hear maybe it's benefiting them and i'm not saying excessive use i'm saying what is helping them how are they benefiting out of social media uh the number of hours that they're there what kind of maybe we may not be able to monitor the kind of content that they keeping the floor open that uh now that's that's where i'm i'm, I'm mixing the the strategies and all of that so i'll, I'll bifurcate it for you when you start with cyber addiction or i wouldn't want to name it again when you call over usage of social media um again why are they indulging in social media more than they're indulging in face to face conversations at home are they cope is it becoming a coping skill are they coping from something is it a social coping skill are they are they missing out on on a nurturing relationship at home with friends are they feeling alienated are they feeling lonely so they they it would be easy or are they are they anxious while they're speaking to somebody uh, face to face so are they turning to a stranger to talk to them where they don't have to say anything they just have to type it how is it benefiting them right now are they getting any sense of validation or boost of self esteem by their likes by their comments what's happening are they putting something out we may or may not be able to monitor social media for them um but there certainly can be ground rules and this is very important boundaries and ground rules are very very important they can be mutual they have to be mutual and there is no turning back from those groups 
even if it's at the last minute give them the responsibility of acting them acting acting on it and acting right so that this was our ground rule this was where we we thought that uh, this was your internet duration or this was the time that you would want to spend on internet or whatever you were doing this was the ground rule and it will stay as a ground rule but do not remove the laptop the phone the computer they will see it as a form of punishment instead uh tell them that and also be prepared prepared for an outburst it will come in in an accusatory form it will it will directly come on like that uh tell them what is happening what is not happening draw boundaries for them that i'm not going to change the show model those boundaries for them as well that this was our time i i would appreciate privacy and i will i will respect your privacy too and do respect their privacy it is important so i will hold the fact that you may not be able to monitor what's going on on social media but keep the floor open for discussion discussion not an argument one thing that is important for uh, all of us to also acknowledge that uh maybe you know immediately removing the gadget immediately removing uh the the way that they're consuming content would be very tricky for us so now it will become uh so now it will become intermittent it will become intermittent it can become uh after you're done with this you can do this it's a reinforcement is it intermittent reinforcement uh how does it look like how does it, how does it look like to them sharing the fact that i'm just concerned that you're doing this how can we bridge the gap and i would i would encourage you to decrease your uh, social media indulgence is it if it's not helping you in any way can we do something instead when we have known the reasons of why they're indulging in social media you can also know that there is room for more face to face discussions interactions play time and spending time with each other using humor please use a lot of humor with your children it's highly encouraged it's not just biologically uh, physiologically effective it's otherwise watch comedy movies with them watch documentaries with them and discuss what i you know what i learned that this message was very important model it for them don't ask what did you learn from this movie they they immediately know the purpose they're very smart the movie thing that they're not they're very smart they know how to push it they will see your threshold so be careful on that as well it's challenging and i would agree on that it's very challenging it can be so try to but do not move from your ground rules which are mutually decided rules which are mutually decided another thing that i would slip in right now since i'm not getting right now any question um is something that i saw on the internet and of course we created it as a presentation later on um are two things a 
using I statements and B noticing good behavior. The time that they're using phone on the dinner table, we're not noticing that. We're not pinpointing the wrong behavior. The day, the day they're not, and while they are using the phone, you do not use the phone. That's what you're modeling. That you both are, that both or I'm just, I'm, I'm assuming uh, partners, but the family, they're not using phones, but they're on the table. That's where they are. They're on the dinner table. They're not using the phone. One day, two day, three day. If any of the days that they're not using phone, I noticed that, you're, that you were not using phone today. I really appreciate that. That's a wonderful thing that you did. Thank you for being involved in the dinner. We appreciate the family time that you gave. You've immediately acknowledged what they need to do. And you stop pinpointing what they're doing wrong. It is not an overnight change. It will happen with time. That's one. Second is an I statement. Saying you're disrespectful will not help them. It is a blame. It is a criticism that is coming to them. It is not something that you are acknowledging. What is an I statement? What is the feedback? I felt angry. Uh, okay. Rather than me giving a feedback. Could any of you tell me, uh, give me your feedback. Not of this, not of this session, but generally. Uh, give me a criticism. Any kind of criticism. Just in air. It doesn't have to be specifically to me. But try. Something. <laughs> I said in that. <laughs> All right. So, Sukhana, so you're spending too much time on your phone, Sukhana. It's not good. Talking to strangers on your phone, not good. Right. Uh, okay. Now, let me reframe it for you guys. Okay. Now, I will take it. Um, I'm working. I'm giving it. I'm giving it away. I'm, I'm working on my information that I need to cater to you guys. I'm looking at it. What's the problem? Okay. Now, that's my immediate response. And that's what you've said, you know, in a humor, in a humorous way. You might say that very directly to your teenager. But you're spending too much time on your phone. That's, that's really bad. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not appreciating that. Okay. Or in a different way, if I say that there's a feedback sandwich now, I'm saying I felt, I felt disrespected when you raise your voice with me. Maybe I was not expecting that. Uh, I would really appreciate if from the next time you would take a pause if when you're getting angry and that's when you can reach out to me. I acknowledge that you were feeling frustrated. But is it possible uh, to refrain from it? Because I felt disrespected. I'm telling you to do something when I'm saying what I felt. And I'm not telling you that you're disrespectful. I'm saying I felt disrespected when you uh, when you rose, rose your tone? No. Rose your with me. Maybe it was not your intention, but I felt disrespectful. So, also here, I'm telling them, can you change it? And how do I change it? I'm also telling them. How I felt 
when I or when you rose your tone with me, I felt disrespected or I felt hurt. And that made me angry on you. And I shouted. Maybe from next time we will take a pause when we know that we are getting frustrated and we will come back to you. I have told how I am feeling and what they did that I felt this way. What is it that is making me angry from my child? Bas nahi karna. Bas nahi karna. Bol dena maine. Are tell them. What made you angry? What made you upset? This is what made me upset. And I'm feeling this way. From next time, can you avoid it? Is it okay? And when you feel this way, can you come back to it? We will have a chat. Allow yourself also some free time. That, you know what? I'm a little upset right now. Can we talk later? It will give them the sense of boundary that they can also have and even you are allowed to have. Because you're allowed to have that boundary and you're allowed to get hurt. Of course you are. You're a human being too. You're a parent. You're a, you're a husband, wife. You're a partner. You are a daughter. You're a daughter-in-law. You're your son, your son-in-law. Uh, you, Whatever you identify as, you have your own concerns. And tell that to your child. Model it for them. Can you give me about 10-15 more minutes? I need some time to myself. And I will come back to you. Don't worry. I'm sure. I'm not going anywhere. But I'll come back. So I think, yeah, that's why I'm talking about communication, cyberbullying. And when cyberbullying, please, uh, the moment they reach out to you, don't panic. Don't panic. The moment you panic, they will take it on a very different road. They will feel that it's their fault. Just like an abuse that they will feel. They will feel that it's their fault. They did something wrong. I told you not to be on social media for so long. Let's get into the problem. Let's not tell you what you did. It's not your characteristic. So just like you said, just like Ananya said, I'm, I'm, you're very influential. I can ask her, are you feeling influenced by me? Are you feeling taken, up, taken aback? So now the narrative shifts to her, not to me. It's not my characteristic anymore. It's her feeling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think... I, I mean, I think uh, the only suitable Sorry, before response we end, is... I just wanted to, to draw uh, attention to um, a comment that was made in the chat. Carlton, mm-hmm. thanks for sharing. Um, that, you know, as, as you mentioned, uh, it's, it's wonderful to see that sometimes already doing it unknowingly, right? Yeah. And um, and and glad to hear that this, this session's helping and helping people relate their own um, practices to, you know, what, what, what best can be done. Right. Any other questions that you guys have? I'm open for it. However, we, I think we're almost done. But anything, anything that can flow in. Actually, also, Anna, if you have two more minutes uh, to put into this, this is something that um, I, I think a lot of us dealt with on a personal level. So there is a certain um, that we were discussing before the session began as well. There's a certain tiger parent aspect to Indian parenting, we, uh, there is, there is, there are some stereotypes around this, but largely for good reason, stereotypes are here for good reason. Um, a lot of parents might not want to indulge a, in, in very affectionate behavior, or they might withhold affection from their, yeah. from their children, uh, to, to say that, oh, you know, it's a cruel world and uh, kids shouldn't go soft and we're preparing them for the real world. So what's a, what's a note that you'd like to leave with the parents on how to find balance between coddling your children and between keeping them practical and realistic and ready for the real world? 
हाँ बोलो सर आपसे कुछ बात करनी थी अरे तुम सर को क्यों परेशान Take good care and have a wonderful day ahead.